He caught me in a good mood because I had my annual waterfowl hunt last week. I just got home late last night. Um, kind of reminded me, you know, it's really fun to take a vacation from everyday life, from the things we go through, kind of put your worries behind you. You know, I started thinking, you know, ultimately, we're just looking forward to the greatest vacation of all, right, which is to be at home in heaven. And we look back on this life and we say, oh, all the trials and tragedy and this and that. Or maybe we won't in heaven because we won't be thinking about whatever. I don't know. But it's great to know that we have a home in heaven that we're striving for. Um, you know, I started thinking about that song. You know, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. But unfortunately, we get caught up in everyday life so often. And we don't focus on eternity as much as we probably should. So I'll invite you this morning to do that with me. Um, you know, listen to the radio on the way back. There's just so much going on in the world and technology. <laughs> I was going to bring up technology, actually, but really, I don't know. Um, I don't know how, how long till the Lord comes. Uh, it does seem to me that we've created as human beings through technology with, you know, wars and we're creating viruses that can sweep across the whole planet. You know, we've created these power grids that you think, oh, what if we didn't have electricity? How many days would it be at least in this country before the whole world fell apart? right you know looking at wars in ukraine and israel um in israel especially in in their history not just the last two thousand years but beyond that um you just never know when the world might start uh -oh. we're gonna swap you here okay Sorry. Testing, 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 testing. Oh, was it not even on before? <laughs> I have a loud voice. Um, ooh, now I have to talk quieter. Um, <laughs> uh, the history of the Jews is, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing um, to see what they've gone through, what, uh, what has happened to them over history, you know, even what's, what's going on today. One piece of their history. In September of 39, Ger Germany invaded Poland in World War II. A, years, a year later, the Nazis established the Warsaw Ghetto. They built a 10-foot wall around it, topped it with razor wire in an area of about 1.3 miles. Then they began to gather Jews from across the country and dump them in that ghetto. At its height, 460,000 people lived in that place. For some perspective, Billings' population is about 2,500 per square mile. There were 460,000 people there. In the summer of 42, they sent 254,000 residents of the ghetto to the Treblinka extermination camp. 
In its two and a half years of existence, it's estimated that almost 300,000 men, women, and children were killed by bullets or poisonous gas, and another 92,000 by starvation and related diseases. But some did escape. Early on, a man named Paul Frankel discovered a cleverly disguised trap door to a tunnel in the basement of a half-destroyed house. It seems when this house was built in the late 1800s, the rich owner who was involved in a lot of unscrupulous illegal activities thought it'd be a good idea to have a tunnel in which his family could escape danger. That tunnel was 215 yards long and it came out in a cemetery in a crypt outside the walls of the ghetto. It's estimated that over 4,000 Christian Jews escaped in this way. It just happened that Christian Jews discovered it. And in an interesting and tragic piece of this story, not a single non-Christian Jew is believed to be in this group of 4,000 that escaped. In a 1959 book written about this miraculous escape, a man named Noak Abelman said, we didn't tell the non-Christian Jews there was too much at stake. When asked if he believed more could have escaped, he replied, Yes, I believe so. Had we told the non-Christian Jews, many of them would have survived the war, perhaps many thousands. A woman named Phila Zophan said this, Far greater than any tragedy or horror that I faced in the ghetto is knowing that we didn't tell others how to escape. I believe that our ancestors in Egypt, though they were slaves, warned many of the Egyptians that the death angel was coming. And they smeared the lamb's blood on neighbors' doorposts and saved them from death. But we Christians in Warsaw stood by and let the angel of death in the form of SS soldiers slaughter our neighbors. I would give anything, including my life, if I could go back and save even one. Now this story I just told you is actually what you call historical fiction, meaning I made it up. It's a story in a historical time and place. But I want to drive home this point, and that point is that we do know how to escape this earth and find freedom. We know that that answer is not a tunnel, but that answer is in Jesus Christ. This morning, if you will, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'll be reading selected passages from 2 Corinthians 3. And I want us to come away this morning, I want us to leave here this morning thinking about the fact that you are the best Christian that somebody knows. And in fact, you may be the only Christian that somebody knows. In 2 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 1, Paul says, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You, you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts known and to be read by everyone, you show that you 
our letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. We're not commending ourselves or claim anything for ourselves, but our confidence comes from God. He has made us competent ministers of a new covenant. You are the best Christian that somebody knows. Verse 12, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we're very bold. Verse 17, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Who is it in your life that does not know how to escape this world? Do we have confidence in Christ, in His Word, in the power of God to be able to tell others about Jesus? To be able to tell others how to escape? Paul certainly did here. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Who is it at work that knows that you're a Christian? Who is it that you go to school with? How about your neighbor? But you say or think, I know I do, well, I'm not a very good Christian. Someone else would be better. If only I could get Craig to come over and talk to my neighbor. Well, the reality is Jesus gathered up a bunch of fishermen, a tax collector. The only guy that really, you know, the only apostle of Christ that really knew the word was a guy named Saul. And that guy was busy trying to kill Christians before he came to know the Lord. You may not be the greatest Christian in the world, but you're the only Christian that that person in your life knows. And God wants to use you to reach them. Chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I have to fight to overcome the garbage in my life so that God can use me to reach other people. We all sin. None of us know all the right things, all the best things, all the perfect things to tell someone. Verse 13, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. And sometimes we just need to find a way to be able to speak, right? It's so much easier to say, well, and they call it, well, some people call it friendship evangelism. And it's a good thing, it's a great thing to set the example and hope that people come to you. But it's an even greater thing for us to reach out to God and ask Him for an opportunity to tell them about Christ. That we don't just hope 
that that neighbor that's lived beside us for five years somehow just comes a knocking on our door begging us to hear the word of God. Maybe we need to pray to God and ask God to use us to reach the people around us. And in the end, it's a pretty simple message, right? If you knew enough to be saved and you are saved, then you know enough to tell somebody else how to do it, right? Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus conquered death, and if we put our faith and our hope in Him, we will be saved. And sometimes we get so caught up in, well, until I can unravel the mysteries of the book of Revelation, I'm not worthy to tell somebody about Christ. That's simply not the case. Chapter 5, Christ's ambassadors, the whole chapter. Chapter 5, verse 6. Therefore, we're always confident, and we know that as long as we are, we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. We need to be a people that ask God for the opportunity and the chance to not just be a silent example, but in whatever way necessary to tell other people about Jesus Christ and how they can find their home in heaven, and it's only through Him. Verse 11, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. We should do the same we should try to persuade those around us. Why? Because you're probably the best Christian that person knows. And you might be the only Christian somebody knows, or even if they know more Christians, what, what are we doing? Just sitting back saying, well, so-and-so is also a Christian. Hopefully they'll be used by God. Verse 16, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do, do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You're the only Christian somebody knows. It may be your son, your daughter, your co-worker, whoever it is. The question then becomes, are we going to tell them how to escape de death? It's easy to be content knowing that we're saved and that we have salvation and to look forward to being with Jesus. But God desires that everyone come to him, that everyone come to repentance. We don't know when Jesus is coming, right? We don't know. The world may begin to implode. I'd like to think maybe, and maybe every generation does this, but with technology the way it is, I don't see how we can go too awful much longer, right? The whole artificial intelligence thing and this, that, and the other. We're creating the technology to kill ourselves. But is there some downside to living a life believing that Christ could come soon? No. The New Testament church certainly did. And we should be people that do the same thing, that hope for and that think about 
Christ coming. Because we don't know when we're going. It might be today on the way home in your car. And we don't know when he's coming. But one thing that we do know is that many of our friends, family, co-workers are lost. And they don't know how to get out. They don't know how to escape. escape. But God wants to use you and he wants to use me to help them escape. Before Jesus left in Matthew 28, 19, he said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. There is a way to escape death. And it's not a tunnel, but it's Jesus Christ. But the world needs to know. How can they believe unless they hear? How can they confess and repent and be baptized? unless someone tells them about Jesus. So I challenge myself and all of you prayerfully to ask God to use us to do something we know he already wants to do, and that's to save others that are around us. That's to be not just a good example that doesn't say a word to that person at work, but to find an opportunity to say the words and to explain to them the great, amazing, and wonderful gospel message of Jesus Christ. And to explain to them that we look forward to, we have a hope of escaping this earth. And that we understand how hard it is sometimes to live here. And we understand how hard it is to face all the sin in the world and addiction and, and terrible things that people tend to face in their life but we believe in a perfect home in heaven and we cannot hoard that message we cannot be self-focused and focused on our children to just get myself and my kids there we need to spread the word to others and we need to tell others about Christ and in order to do that so often, and some people are more gifted than others, right? They've got this great outgoing personality and they can find a way and others don't know the right words or think they'll say the wrong thing or whatever. So we need to ask God. We need to pray to God that he would help us, that he would show us, and that he would use us. Because God's not just looking for great and powerful apostles to do mighty things. You don't have to be the mighty Peter or the scholarly Paul to tell someone about Christ. So my message for you today is that you would target people in your life intentionally, by name, before God, so that he would open a door, so that he would find a way and an opportunity to use you to tell them about him. Because somebody needs to give them that message. And if they do come knocking on your door, great. Be prepared to answer when they come to you. That's wonderful. Do that. But let's also find a way to tell people, to talk to people about Jesus Christ and about the fact that this world is not our home. And I have a hope. And I have a Savior. 
And that Savior is Jesus Christ. And He can and will not only give you peace and love and a sense of, of uh, wholeness in this life that you've never known, you've never felt, you've never understood, but He will also lead you home to heaven, to a place where you will never hurt again, where you will never face the challenges that you face in this life again, because you'll be home with Him, because you would have escaped death into eternal life. So this morning, if you don't know Christ, you don't know His gospel message, or if you need the strength of the congregation, or you have any prayers that you want uh, to be lifted up to the congregation, our elders will be in the back, and we'll stand and we'll sing a, a closing song, and I'd invite you to go to the back if you so desire.